0: Hello everyone. My name is Pastor Meyer Rodriguez. I want to welcome you to my weekly podcast. It is a true privilege to be able to share the good news of God's word with you. Enjoy. those that are in the building and those that are watching online, we just love to know that people are getting connected, and not just to this church, but to the Word of God. Amen? That there's, we are hungry for a good word. Who, who came hungry for a good word? I I feel like the kids came, came hungry for candy, right? (laughs) Are you too? Like, you guys too? Okay, great. So we are in this series called um, Open Door, and today I have the privilege of sharing with you part two of this series, and it's called Good News. Say with me, good news. And uh, last week we shared that our base verse for this is from the book of Colossians 4, 2-4, to which I'm going to just paraphrase, but this is Paul praying. He's praying this from prison, and he's saying this at the end. Pray that every time I open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ plain as day to them to them, to my neighbor, to my coworker, to those other fellow prisoners, that, that my, every time that I open my mouth, every time that I enter a room, wherever I am at, that I would make Christ as plain as day to them. Because the loudest gospel that you can ever preach is the life that you live. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say that to them. It's your life that makes a difference it is your life that makes a difference right so we we also learn that we are called to live an uncommon life that we are to extend an uncommon empathy, and we are to enjoy uncommon rest. And today we will talk about this good news and how we are supposed to share the good news of the gospel. Luke 4, 14 to 21 says the following. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit, and news about him spread through the whole countryside. So he's coming home. Say he's coming home. Okay, so he was baptized, then he was called to the wilderness. He was tempted by Satan. He overcame every one of the temptations, and now he's coming home, okay? He's baptized, he's renewed. And so he was teaching in their synagogues. I love it how it says their synagogues, so their churches, okay? And he was, he was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. Like, they loved him. They're like, yes. Like, okay, let's listen to what he has to say, right? So he went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So this was his inaugural speech in his hometown in that synagogue. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as it was his custom. He stood up. So it was his turn to read. And you read in order, okay? Everyone had to read in order. So I'm just giving you this backstory. It's important for you to know that he got up, and when it was his turn to read, he opened the scroll of the prophet Isaiah that was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it was written, and it says the following, The Spirit of the Lord, the breath of the Lord is on me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Can I get an amen to that? And he's saying this. He said, he has sent me to proclaim good The good news of what? Of freedom to the prisoners. And the good news of what? Of recovery of sight for the blind. And the good news to set the oppressed free. To proclaim what? What are we proclaiming? The good news, the year of the Lord, of the year of the Lord's favor. Then, right then and there, he didn't keep on reading. See, this was from a passage in Isaiah, but he paused. And he actually rolled up the scroll. He ba- he basically dropped the mic, okay? He gave it back to the attendant. He sits down. Imagine this. He didn't finish reading. We're going to touch on this in point three of the message, but he didn't finish. And he sat down. Everybody's looking at him like, that's it? Like, you you stopped where you weren't supposed to stop. And all eyes were on him. And they were just looking at him. And the verse 21 says, He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. What you just heard today in front of you, this scripture is fulfilled, which means that everyone who has heard it, these words of truth, this good news that we're called to the poor, that we're called to the prisoner, that we're called to those that are in bondage, Right is being fulfilled. When Jesus said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing, what he meant was, well, now you know. Come on. Well, now you know. Turn to your neighbor and say, now we know. Now we know what the good news is. Now we know what we're supposed to do. See, good news to the poor, freedom to the prisoners, sight to the blind. The good news of those who have even been oppressed and now can receive freedom. But the sad truth is, church, come on, let's, let's get real. Let's get real. The sad truth is that hearing good news doesn't always mean receiving freedom. Doesn't always mean you're going to receive the gospel. Hearing is not actually accepting. You can hear something you could decide that's not for me, right? And seeing doesn't always mean believing. Because there's things we've seen with our own eyes, but we can't believe it. You're like, did that really happen? Like, your brain even takes time to, to, like, comprehend that that actually took place, right? So so hearing is not necessarily accepting, and seeing doesn't always mean believing. So Jesus is confronting them. He's confronting this idea. You know, he's, he's teaching the word of the Lord to the teachers, and this issue of mercy and justice are no longer issues just to learn about church listen to this okay this issue of 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 mercy this issue that's this this talking about giving the good news to the poor is no longer just word of god but it becomes our guide it becomes what we do in life so those People were confronted with this truth. And now, what will we do when we learn the truth? Are we gonna just live like normal? Are we just gonna keep on with our business? Are we just gonna want to know more of the Word of God? Just to know, or are we actually gonna live out the Word of God? Come on, church. The biblical term for good news is gospel. But a lot of people think gospel's a preaching. See, gospel isn't a preaching. Gospel is the good news. Like, hey, you don't have to live like this. Like, there's another way. You don't got to do this. Like, if you're poor, like, there's a solution. If you feel like you've been in bondage, there's a solution for your life. And the good news, it's Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's why he's like, hey, that's why I dropped the mic. Because in your hearing, it's actually being fulfilled right now in front of you. So in times of war, this is really interesting that I learned, That in times of war, like, there wasn't newspaper, there wasn't Instagram. Like, how did you know what was going on in the battle? So you send your troops out, right? And there's actually the evangelists would come back to give you the good news or the bad news of how the war was going. So evangelists were those that carried the news forward. And that's why we call people that go out and preach the word of God, we call them evangelists. But it's important for us to know, point one, the basis of our faith is based on good news. If you're taking notes, take this. And not good advice. Well, you know, the Word of God gives us good advice. But the gospel is not just good advice. It's the good news. Let's talk about the the differences. See, advice are tips. Advice is what we should do. Advice is, hey, this is working for me. You should try it, right? Sometimes you don't want to hear it. You're like, keep your advice to yourself. Thank you very much. Right? Most religion, this isn't an attack. This is actually something I, I like to study. Most religions, people like because it makes them feel good and it's good advice for them to follow. The books are filled with good advice. But see, the gospel, our truth is different. Because the good news, news is something that already happened. Good advice is something you can follow, which is good. But news, you never watch news, you know, because you want to—they're telling you what happened. See, what happened was that we were promised a Savior— What happened was that people sinned and needed redeeming. What happened is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, was sent to us, died on a cross, resurrected for you and I. What happened was that prisoners are set free. What happened was that we, you know, we are giving eternal life even when it's not merited. Come on, you guys. That's good news. Can I get an amen? So when you turn on the news, right, and you're watching it, how many of you guys actually still watch news? Very little. Do you, who still reads a newspaper? Oh, I just went old school on you guys, right? So usually the night before, like after the day, like I like to watch the news really quickly. I don't like to settle on it too much, but I like to just get a recap, you know, what's going on in Vegas, what that I like to watch also, like in the morning, I watch usually what's going on in the world in stocks and everything business-wise, our community, who's bombing who, you know. And then at night, I just like to see what's going on in Vegas. You get all the, you know, you get all the tea, what's going on in our city, who shot who, right, who stole whose car. But anyway— so this is news. This is stuff that happened. Unfortunately, unfortunately Christianity has become the same as a, in a lot of ways as other religions. Like we just want to give people good advice. And we're like, oh, come to church because you'll feel better. Uh, come to church because wait a minute. No, come to church because there's a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. I have news for you. There's nothing that you can do on your own to save, to get yourself into heaven. See, this isn't, I'm not going to give you just good advice because then I would be like everyone else. I'm going to give you the news that the price has already been paid. See, that's our message. So when someone gives you good news, sometimes we're like, yes, Jesus died for us. That's so good. It's like if someone gives you a good gift, you know, and you're like happy about it. And you're like, okay, with a Starbucks card, I get really happy. That's like one of my favorite gifts is Starbucks cards. And I'm like, oh, I love it. Right? I get really happy. I'm very expressive, so usually I express, but like, can you imagine that, can you imagine if, if you, and I know one of our close friends had cancer and was given the new, the news, which was actually like she had cancer. She had to go through the whole thing, and I've already went through that with a couple of my friends. And so you're scared, you know? You're scared for them. I mean, we have faith, but I tell God, I'm like, I'm scared for them. Like, God, like, I need you to do it because obviously, you know, medicine's not working every time. You never know what's going to happen. You don't know the outcome because our bodies are different. And I remember when I was given the news, and I—so if I was happy, I could just imagine her. This news, can you imagine when they say to the person— You are cancer-free. Okay, you are cancer-free. You no longer have this. That is so, such a, like, such strong news because what your life had been, the doctor's appointments, the chemotherapy treatments, right, the things, the medication, you know, doing all of the stuff that you have to do in the therapies, from that time on, they stop. Because you no longer have cancer. So we try in life and we fail. And we try to get things together and it's just not going on, right? And you're struggling. It's like knowing you're cancer free. The news is Jesus died for you. No, it can't be because I haven't even been to church. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I want you to come for some good advice, but our news, our gospel, it's what already has been done. See, Jesus, God has always loved you. That should be our message. Right, you guys? So, it's just amazing to receive this good news. Now the question becomes, what do you actually feel or what happened inside of you when you heard the news that you are no longer going to go to hell, but you're going to go to heaven? Are we actually excited about it? I I don't know. Like, I want to pause here for a minute. Do we actually go out? Because when I know people that, just get the news that they're cancer-free, they're putting it on Instagram. People that don't even post, right? They're ringing the bell. They're sending in the group, in the group chat, chats, and if you're Latino, oh, my gosh, you have like 100 cousins on that chat, right? You're sending it out to your group leader. You're telling everyone in your circle, and you're telling them to tell others that you are cancer-free. See, but do we do that when we find Jesus? Do we let the world know, hey, I I know that I'm a sinner, but I've been saved. See, I've been redeemed. I've been bought by the blood of Jesus. See, I have a life transformation. I might not have it all together, but I have the one that paid the price, that has loved me. My chains have been broken. The punishment that I deserve is abolished. By his stripes, I am healed. And although I was predestined for death and suffering, Jesus paid that price. The good news of Christianity is not what you should do, but what has already been done. Can I get an amen? He loves the addict. He loves the prostitute. Maybe you don't tell the good news to somebody. You're like, there's no way. Can I just throw something out there? Truth is, he loves those people we don't actually like. He loves the people that you can't stand. He loves them, and he died for them too. And he died for that person that you haven't told the good news cuz you're like, "Oh, no, they're they're going straight to hell." Like, "Yeah, there's there's no there's there, there's no cure for them." No. Let them know the good news. Ring the bell some noise say hey if i was able to receive forgiveness you are able to receive forgiveness too come on you guys let's be a church that carries the good news let's be that open door for those that think the addicts the prostitutes the lost the broken the chismosas the metiches you know the prisoners the blind like let's tell all of them maybe they'll change that would be even better news right Number two, the gospel is active and not passive. Throughout the Bible, you can find that faith is connected to action. We're not saved by our works, but it is connected to our works, right? We let people know that we are saved because of what we do. Saved people serve people. That's our first um, point in our culture of this church. When the Bible tells us to love the Lord with all of our heart, it's like the, You know, the disciples were like um, the people of, of uh, the Bible. Teachers, everybody was asking, like, what is the greatest of all of the of all of the commandments? Like, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your strength. And yes, that's amazing. But he didn't stop there. He's like, love your neighbor as yourself. This is horizontal. This is loving those around me. Look at that person around you. Yes, loving that person. From the overflow of how much we love him, it is love that covers a multitude of faults and sins, right? It is not possible to love God without loving our neighbor. It is not possible. You can't tell me you are a Christian and you're a hater and a troll. Like, what's going on? Do you actually love God? Like, do you actually, because you have to, God loves the prostitute. God loves those people we don't like. So if God even loves the people we don't like, he's called us to love our neighbor. That's why our vision is clear and and we, we are called to know God, to find freedom, to discover your purpose. For what though? For what? Why have you been saved? Because you are an open door to make a difference in those lives around you. And this is our step four of grow. This is our step four of, of, of our foundation, our vision of the church, make a difference. Our faith is not effective if we're not doing something for those around us, if we are not serving our neighbors, if we are not loving those people that no one else can stand. I'm not asking you to bring toxic people into your life and go have coffee with them, but I am telling you that you should share the love of Jesus. You know that you should bring them. I've seen toxic people change their ways. Dude, like, I, I mean, the before Christ and the after Christ in my life is, he's made all the difference. The girl you see in front of you is not the girl I was without him. Like, he gets all of the glory in my life. Does he get all of the glory in your life? I mean, do you give him the glory for everything you do? See, we are called to be an open door. So there, it's Halloween tomorrow, and I know the piano's playing. I'm going to wrap it up now. So it's Halloween tomorrow. And, yes, it's about harvest. Then the, the witches came, right, the Satanists. And they're like, ooh, you know, this day is the day that the, the veil between the living and the dead is the thinnest. And it's, this is true. This is true. So they do a lot on this day, on tomorrow. They do a lot of rituals, of stuff, of Satan worshiping, of sacrifices, of all of this. Because in the, what they believe, in their beliefs, they believe that it's the, the best day to cross over and talk to the dead. Okay? So, so many people have different opinions. It Really, it's this division between the church. This division, it's a division is not from God, first of all. Division is not from God. And again, we're not here to give good advice. We're here to give good news. So it's about Jesus. Okay, so everything's about Jesus, yes? It's not about just the good advice. It's about Jesus, okay? So Christians have these point of views, and, and I even was surprised by some posts. I was like, ooh, you're a hater. Like, how can you be such a hater when you're a pastor, first of all? Uh, doesn't make sense to me. And then you're hating on the pastors that are doing, like, Harvest Fest or whatever your beliefs are, you know, or doing whatever. And you're hating, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's funny. Because my Jesus, when I read the Bible, I see him being hated on by the Pharisees because he's, he's eating with people that they thought he shouldn't. So, okay, there's two sides. Pro-participation against anti-participation of Halloween, of dressing up. One, Halloween, yes, yes, has pagan origin of darkness. Yes, witchcraft does take place on this uh, tomorrow. On the 31st of October, yes, the witches get together. It is something that witches take as their day. This is the truth. This is the truth. We're not denying that. Okay, we're not. But both sides, I also see that both sides believe this and they understand, but both sides also believe that we are to be the light of Jesus, right? Both of us, the, the for participation, the anti, we're supposed to be the light of Jesus. Are we all, all in, in we're, yeah, we're the light of Jesus. Okay, we're supposed to be an open door, okay? So we have options. Here are your options for all you haters, okay? You have our t- options. Number one, tomorrow... Tomorrow you have the option to do witchcraft, okay? You can become a saint worshiper. You can um, play the Ouija board. You can call on your dead aunties. You can, seriously, like you can do all of that. That, That's your option. That's antichrist, right? It's not for Christ. So you are completely celebrating as the witches do. You have that option. I hope as your pastor, we've made it clear you shouldn't be doing that. Right? Have we taught you well? Okay. No Ouija boards tomorrow. And no uh, uh, speaking into the mirror. Okay? Or calling on La Llorona. Anything like that. Okay? Number two, you can celebrate Halloween. As as Halloween, you could go ask for candy, dress up, celebrate, and you don't care. Like, I'm just going to do it. It's the day. I just take my kids out. Let's do it. What do you want to dress up as this? Let's just go. I, I'm just going to ignore what's going on. It's not bad. It's not bad. It's not good. I just d- decided to do it too. Three, you can be that house that turns off all of its lights because it's Satan's day, and you can hide. You can hide because I did it. Because when I was growing up, that's what my parents had us, and we hid in the back room. And I remember every time a trick-or-treater would come to ring the doorbell, I would shake as a little girl. Because my parents in our church taught us, the witches are coming in every time they're being used by Satan. I was trembling. I was scared. Thank God I found freedom. Like, I'm free from that bondage. I'm not doing that to my children. I never did it to them. Because I wanted them to know Jesus in a different way than what I was taught. Because it's the real Jesus, from the real Word of God, that actually says that every day is for God's glory, and that the day was made for the person, not the person for the day, okay? So that gets me to the fourth option, which you can shine the light of Jesus, because tomorrow's not a witch's day for me, because I'm not a Satanist. Tomorrow, I'm not going to be calling on any of my dead aunties or uncles or grandparents, because I'm a Christian. See, I know who I am in Christ, So what do I decide to do to shine the light, to smile at people, to have conversation with neighbors that are actually knocking on my door and not trying to sell me anything because I'm usually so busy in my life. I don't do a lot with my neighbors. So in our life, what we decided to do was use that day that the neighbors come to us to mingle with our neighbors for them to get to know us. So here at Grace City, that's what we decided to do. That's why we do a Harvest uh, Fest, are you haters? We do it because we don't want our children to be scared of any day or say that's the witch's day or give the saint any day. We want them to glorify God. Now, it takes conversation, though, and it takes time because this means you actually have to have a conversation with your children and teach them, which a lot of you don't, not you, a lot of the people that don't like to do. Because it takes, it takes more effort to teach than it does to say that's bad. And I said it, so no. That's easy. Turning off the lights, and then you're, they're stingy too. They don't want to buy candy. Why are we going to buy candy to give out? This, candy's expensive. Have you seen the price of gasoline? So you'd rather scare your children. No, I'm not pro anyone doing what I'm saying. See, that this is advice i'm just telling you what's worked in my in my home see in my home i taught my girls to shine everywhere no matter where to glorify god on this day today sunday as tomorrow the 31st of october is the day of the lord and that also will be the day that the lord has made and i will rejoice in that day so this is it. I'm closing. Okay. So this is, this is the idea, right? So I was trying to get something because I was like, I want to have an example. I'm looking through the costume bag and I found this. (laughs) So this actually brought tears to my eyes because I'm that type of mom. One year, because I've had this conversation with our girls and I said, girls, like, you're not going to witch... dress up as witches and we don't do that and we don't participate and I actually explained the Ouija board to them and I explained why you don't participate like light as a feather stiff as a board why you don't call on the dead why you don't do this so we had conversations about every year depending on what their age was so I remember one year I said okay girls like what do you guys want to be for that day that you know we're gonna for Halloween that we're gonna be with the neighbors and everything and Isabella said um, I want to be a Starbucks barista that year and and I I just I was running so I didn't I didn't because we made a hat too but so we made this and I actually had to tie it because she was so tiny so we made it together we couldn't can you come help me Isabella so they know who you are my daughter my little one my baby okay so we actually made this Together, we dyed the, we we went to and printed this out and we made her a hat as well. And we, I made her fake coffees like lattes and stuff. And thank you. And we actually spent time together on this, as I did with Nicole. Use every opportunity to connect with your kids, don't let the devil take anything from us. So, again, I'm not telling you you have to do this. You can hide if you want. That's fine. But see, our cultures, we're going to shine every day, right? So I don't know how putting this on my little girl and giving this out. Here you go, Francisco. No, today it's it's okay, see, because today's Sunday. It's the 30th, right? So nobody judging me today. Oh, but all those pastors are hating on us tomorrow, because they only want us to give candy to Christians. Cause if you're judging me because I was able to buy candy and give them to my neighbor that don't know that you know they don't know Christ yet, you're judging me. You're you're a Pharisee. You're a Pharisee. You you just want the word for you. But but my Jesus in my Bible says that He actually hung out with sinners, He was here for the sick. He touched the leper. He ate with a prostitute. It was life transformed. So, so we've made something. We've made tags because we've done this. And we're like, let's just provide them. This is what we've done. So it just depends on the year. Usually I do little baggies and I put a tag on it. So that's an option. And we're actually an invite to church. And we've done, I do, I've done everything, okay? I've done games just to make the parents hang out longer in my, in my patio thing, and I play games before they can get a candy. Now we're known as the ha- that house. Usually that house is the ones that know one because they never give candy. We're that house because we're the Latinos that make kids come dancing for candy. So they know to get a candy at my house, they got to come up dancing. You see some of them, they're like, oh, man, it's that house. And some of them will leave because they're, like, afraid. And then later on, they get the courage, and they're like, we're ready. We're ready. So they'll come doing some Latin dance, and we just clap and we celebrate. and, And then I give them a candy with a label or a tag with an invite to church. If you're looking for a church family, to the parents, right? We would love to have you. That's all I say. I don't, I don't, you know, I just smile. I love them. I provide a really good atmosphere. I make sure I have all my lights turned on because tomorrow, the 31st of October is God's day. It's God's day. And everything that we do is for God's glory. Can I get an amen? Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your family, friends, frenemies. Lord knows we all need more Jesus. Until next week.